Our deep sense of thanks and gratitude to Peter Dubois, to Caroline Robinson, to this wonderful choir for what they have just offered, what they will offer in a few moments, and for the gifts they offer in this congregation and for this community Sunday after Sunday and season after season. We are grateful indeed. You will note later at the time of offering there will be a chance to respond to support both this and future major choral works. So thank you in advance for that support. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel according to John, beginning at the 20th verse of the 12th chapter. Let us hear God's word. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, some of you know that our son is a mechanical engineer. Even in high school, my ability to assist him with math homework was questionable. By the time he got to college, I could barely understand the titles of his courses, let alone the content of them. At some point, he simply and mercifully stopped trying to explain it to me at all. <laughs> but even the confounding complexity of his most advanced calculation cannot compare with this. Those who love their life lose it. Those who love their life lose it. Or is it that complex? It is certainly profound and extraordinarily countercultural and extremely, extremely clarifying. 
Jesus' crowds are growing and his threat to the religious and political establishment is is increasing. We know just a week out from Palm Sunday where all this will lead, even if his followers then don't. And in this passage we've just heard from John's Gospel, he moves through a kind of progression. In our year of stewardship, we have embraced the seed metaphor. That the seed is a gift that when invested, when fed and watered and nurtured and cultivated will produce either great nourishment or great beauty or great comfort. Sow your seeds faithfully, we have affirmed, and great things will happen. But here, in the wilderness of Lent, Jesus reminds us that first a seed must die before it can grow. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain, he says. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. That's us he's talking about. We know it. Yet it seems so stark in the moment. If it dies. Yet what great beauty, what great nourishment, what great comfort will be produced. In the Britain piece we just heard that the flowers are great blessings. The flowers glorify God. Flowers are peculiarly the poetry of Christ. To what do we need to die? in order to live, or to bloom, or to grow, to be the poetry of Christ. Well, Jesus knows. He knows that his culture, and likely every culture to follow, every generation to follow, will understand things differently than what he's just laid out. Life, we are taught and told, is about acquisition, about holding on. A zero-sum game, fear-driven, winners and losers, haves and have-nots. Money, access, power, privilege. We know what that looks like. Yet real faith, Jesus says, and real life, authentic life, life with integrity and wholeness, is not that. We are seeds. And in order to be our best and most beautiful, we must die. We are beloved children of God who, rather than holding on, must let go of all that holds us back, everything that entraps us, be released from all of our fears. We know what that will look like for Jesus. What it looks like for us is as individual as an individual seed. Yet, there is a shape and a trajectory to all this. We've heard this as well this morning. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. And whoever serves me, God will honor. So maybe the math is not so hard. Maybe it's what my high school physics teacher, Mr. Winget, reminded us nearly every day. It all depends on what variables you put in your equation. If it is wealth and power and success, however you define success, the equation will look like one thing. 
Or even if it's a version of faith that is safe and sanitized, the equation will look like something else. David Lowe's writes that the point of faith in Jesus isn't just faith or comfort or satisfying spiritual desires. No, the point of following Jesus, he says, is that we might be drawn more deeply into the kingdom of God through our love for, our service to, our sacrifice on behalf of those around us. Is that our calculation, our equation to follow Jesus through service in order that we might be drawn ever more deeply, ever more closely into God's kingdom? And if so, we know what that equation looks like, its variables, its, its implications, its consequences. So maybe it's not so calculating, but surely demanding, surely costly. Janet Hunt writes, the words of Jesus surely have us grappling with the question of what our living and dying is for. She asks, how would you answer that question? What is our living and dying for? In just a moment, we will hear an adapted poem that asks God to help my faith and my hope increase and fill my portion in thy peace. And then this, listen for it, then this, give love for life. Give love for life. Seeds are buried in the ground that they may bloom. We serve God by serving others in order that our lives may be abundant. We lose our life in order to save it. Jesus shows us what that looks like. Our call, friends, our call is simply to take the first step, then the next one, then the next, to see Jesus, to see where he follows, wherever he leads, even to Jerusalem, even to death, even to eternal life. Amen. <clears throat>